Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway. As always, joined by my two main men, Max Keen and Jonathan Krause. I'm excited to have the gang back together after some graduations and some some vacations. <laughs> I'm glad that we're finally all here on the same podcast once again. How are you guys doing today? Oh, man. So I wasn't here last week, and it feels like I haven't been here, here for like a month, honestly. <laughs> like... I feel like so much has happened since our last episode or the last episode that I've been on, I guess. Um, but I'm doing really well. I'm up in Pennsylvania now. I just started, I guess, my new-ish job. I've had it before, but I'm back. Um, so I started that a couple of days ago, starting my internship soon. And so we got some exciting things. Um, yeah. Yeah, Max, we really just can't stand the fact that you keep missing podcasts. Like, I, at this point, you're a delinquent, and you basically never show up to our podcast, so I think we might have to fire you. Mm. I can't tell if that's a slight against me, or... <laughs> <laughs> well, Max, we were glad that we could cover for you last week. I am yeah, officially you, back from vacation, uh, which was... This is a really weird vacation because I I felt like we were doing stuff the whole time. So in terms of like being restful, it wasn't really that restful. In fact, it was actually pretty exhausting. But we did have a lot of fun. So I guess that's a, a massive positive to to the beach. But I love the beach. I love everything about the beach. Um, we I mentioned in the last podcast that we do like a devotion every night with the whole house. Um, every day. And like a lot of those devotions were all like beach themed. There's, there are so many ways to grab parallels between the beach and, and the Lord's creation and just different elements of God's nature. And it's really, really awesome. So I loved all of it. Um, I am super sore. We played so much beach volleyball. It wasn't even funny, especially on the last day. Cause it was like, we had like two or three bad weather days in a row. And then the last day of vacation was like the best day like just gorgeous sunny no clouds no wind just an amazing day so we're like we have to make use of it so we literally played volleyball the entire day which was great but also the ride home was pretty sore so anyway i've had a good week i'm back home though excited to get into the podcast um looking forward to being with these guys and talking about something today that's kind of exciting and max has some special insights into for sure all right, Jonathan, you just you broke one of our policies. You're not allowed to come in here and hype up some devos and not give us any, not give us any of the meat. <laughs> not any of the meat. Other, other than the meat? other than the devo you talked about last time, what's the best one you yeah. guys had? So, so the devo I talked about last time was the first devo of the week, actually, which was the um, the man that gave it was one of my mentors, um, and he talked about or or kind of the way that he did it is there were like two groups and like each group kind of brought up something. So my group, this is what I talked about last podcast. So I don't want to go into it too much, but basically my group talked about um, the, oh gosh, what did we talk about? We talked about 
how as an individual piece of sand, you feel pretty significant, but without all the individual pieces of sand, you wouldn't have a beach. So we were talking about the body of Christ and how each element of the body might feel insignificant in and of itself. But if you don't have every element, then you won't have the body of Christ. And then the other group talked about how um, the waves can creep onto the beach and continue to like damage the beach and stuff like that. So they were saying that the world can kind of be like the waves and we can kind of be like the dunes on the beach. And if we don't have a strong foundation, then the waves can come and keep beating against us and eventually pull away from, from our foundation. So we want to make sure that we're building our foundation on the rock, Matthew 7. Um, and other than that, there were some other really good devotions. I actually did give a devotion. Um, a lot of the younger men are encouraged to give devotions at the thing. So I did my devotion on um, the blessing of the Lord and how that... Ooh, this is really, it was kind of a deep topic, so I really didn't go that much into it because you can go to a level of depth, like as much depth as you want to in this kind of thing. But um, like the verse in, in Psalm 37 that talks about delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So that is, a, that is a verse that is so often taken out of context, right? But it is a verse in the Bible, so we can't ignore it. So I wanted to talk about how, what does it mean to really delight in the Lord? And what does it mean for him to bless you with the desires of your heart? Because we we all know that if the desires of your heart are evil, it doesn't really matter how much you're delighting in the Lord. He's not going to give you the desires of your heart. So there's all kinds of like semantics within that verse that we can talk about. And so I brought up that. And then Psalm 139, which talks about how you're fearfully and wonderfully made and also unique in and of yourself. So each person has their own unique desires. Um, and some of those desires can be from the world and can be sinful, but some of those desires can be from the Lord and they can be good desires. So we have to sift through those and align our values with or align our desires with what the Lord has for us while not giving up our uniqueness as a person. It's really cool stuff. Anyway, that was my devotion. Um, and then there's some other devotions. There's, uh, guys, there were like six devotions. So you want me to go into all of them? Or <laughs> no, I just wanted the highlights. The highlights? Okay. Well, those... Uh, another guy talked about, um, prayer for the small things. So like a lot of times we go to the Lord and we just pray about the big stuff in life. Lord, what's your will? Um, but you know, being in constant communication with him throughout the day. Uh, another guy talked about being comforted in times of mourning and how the Lord brings comfort and peace. And that was a good devotion. Um, the last, there were six devotions or five. Oh, okay. So the sixth devotion was kind of like a recap for the whole week. So there were really only five devotions. So the last person did uh, a devotion on, it was Joseph and Esther. It was trusting God in the unknown. That was his devotion. So those were the highlights. If you want me to go into more depth, I can, but <laughs> those were the highlights. No, that's great. It's good to hear that families go on vacation and, and put Christ at the center. It's, it's really encouraging. Yeah. Especially because there were, so like, I think I mentioned this last podcast, but each family has kids, obviously. And sometimes those kids bring friends. And I know at least one person that was there that is um, a non-believer. So like they get continually exposed to um, the Lord's word. And that was honestly really encouraging. And it obviously starts great conversations throughout the week. So I think the Lord is too good, too good to us, man. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. 
Uh, speaking Christian, of did you ever talk about your week? Uh, we did not talk about my week. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to let that slide, bro. My week has been busy. I've been planning for... Well, uh, let me let me say this. My week's been busy, but I saw the goodness of the Lord in things that were happening because I started off the week and for some reason at the beginning of the week, this this feeling of just being overwhelmed and, and not being able to do everything that was on my plate, it, it hit me on Monday morning. And I think it was spiritual warfare because I, I felt this sense of hopelessness, not like an eternal hopelessness, but just like a hopelessness for everything that was on my plate this week. And then I prayed and prayed and prayed on Monday and throughout the rest of the week, God just did little things that reminded me that he's there and that he, he was working for me and fighting for me. So that was just, it was something really cool because it was like a practical, it was a practical example for me to see the Lord fighting for me and, and in the, throughout the week, see hopelessness turn into hope, turn into action, turn into things happening for God's glory. So that, that was really encouraging to see. Um, and yeah, I'm going to echo your sentiment that God is too good to us. Uh, throughout the whole week, I've been reading of God's steadfast love in the Psalms and just his steadfast love in this, this word for steadfast love is translated as many different things throughout the Bible. It's translated as mercy and kindness and justice and favor and love and just how God shows all of those to us. And it's steadfast. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. It's never going to bend. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just knowing that we have him, not only who created us, but we have him as a father. We have him as, as our king. It's so encouraging to know and to just remember that no matter what this world throws at us, if God is for us, who can stand against us? So on that note, what we're actually going to be talking about for this podcast, because I know we just like touched on a bunch of things. Um, Max did something super exciting last week that I thought was super cool. And I promise I wasn't totally jealous. Uh Max, would you like to explain where you were last week for those who did not see the Living Victory social media page? Yeah. Um, so I was out in Kentucky for a conference. It was called the Truth Matters Conference. Um, and it was held at the Ark Encounter, um, which for those of you who don't know what that is, they built... Answers in Genesis built this like life-size Noah's Ark, um, and you can go inside, and it can sort of explain the details of like, oh yeah, this could have happened like this, and this could have happened. Sort of showing like, hey, it was absolutely possible that Noah could have built an ark, that he could have had animals in there, could have fed them, and all these different things. Like, it, you know, the Bible says it happened and we're just here to sort of prove what the bible says by building it and sort of explaining a way how it's done and you know they don't claim like oh yeah this is the way how it was done on the inside like how they took care of animals and whatnot but they were like this is a way that it could have been done and so you go in and you see this just amazing arc and just you're kind of speechless because you know you you read the bible and you know when you read noah's ark you're like oh man there was this giant boat but you, you don't necessarily think about all the details of it 
and you kind of try to imagine it but at the same time it's like i have no idea what it could have been like and so to actually go there and see it and just see like wow this was actually possible and for you know them to be able to defend it is incredible because their whole answers in genesis their whole thing is you know in genesis alone you can find the answers to a lot of different um i guess different topics that are more controversial um and if you take out genesis then the rest of the bible just kind of collapses and so you need genesis you need um you know especially verses one through or chapters one through 11 um (laughs) where where it just talks about the narrative of life um and where we are and how all these different um subject or not subjects but topics that we come across in our lives they can always come back to genesis and we can talk about you know different things about how important life is why the world is the way that it is um and different injustices or different um just different hardships that we may go through and see and look back at genesis and be like oh yeah that's how it worked um and so i was able to be at the ark and just see how amazing it was um and then you read the story of Noah and it just completely changes, you know, the way you read it because you can now see and imagine what Noah would have done. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the story of Noah and the ark um, and about God's faithfulness. So I guess I can start um, (laughs) reading it. So, Looking in Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 5, it says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so it talks about. um, Talks about at the beginning here. How the world is evil. We look at. The world and we see that it's. That it's turning against God. And. I read that and I feel like I'm reading today, like looking at today's world, how this world is evil. Um, You look around and even just this past week, you know, there was a shooting in a school in Texas and my brother, my younger brother made a little video on it, how he was just like, what? I can't believe this. Like, this world is just 
at a place where it's it's evil and that was the world and i'm sure to even a greater degree in genesis chapter 6 and so moving forward it says these are the generations of noah noah was a righteous man blameless in his generation noah walked with god and noah had three sons shem ham and japheth now the earth was corrupt in god's sight and the earth was filled with violence and god saw the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth and god said to noah i have determined to make an end of all flesh for the earth is filled with violence throughout them or through them behold i will destroy them with the earth make yourself an ark of gopher wood and so he talks about you know the different dimensions of the of the ark i won't go into all of that um but in verse 17 it says for behold i will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which the breath of life under heaven everything that is on the earth shall die but i will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark you your sons and your wife and your sons wives with you and of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark and keep them alive with you they shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds of the animals according to their kinds of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive and take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up it shall serve as food for you and for them noah did this he did all that god commanded him so God sees the world. He sees it's evil. It's rejected God. It's pursuing its own corruption and desires and evils. And God looks at it and says, I'm going to destroy it. I've regretted that I've made man. That's a pretty big statement. That, that God looks at man and is like, I'm going to wipe them out completely and yet he found one who was still fearing god and so god said to noah look build this ark bring with you these animals bring with you your family and i love this last verse in chapter six noah did this he did all that god commanded him and so we see Noah's faith in action. It tells us that Noah feared God, that Noah um, was blameless and righteous in God's eyes. And we see that in practice, how Noah obeyed all that God had commanded him. I just find it amazing and encouraging as someone who who looks at this world and can be very frustrated easily like even on social media i turn on social media and it's just people arguing all the time and it's just frustrating and noah he lived in a very difficult time and yet he obeyed God.
and God was faithful to Noah. He saved Noah um, as Noah followed God. And so, um, while I was at the ark, I got a sweatshirt. <laughs> um, it said, faith like Noah, trust and obey. Um, because I want to be that kind of person where no matter what's going on, I want to have faith in God to trust him and obey all that he does. So I want us to think about Noah because we often talk about his obedience and we often talk about the, the big things that were in front of him. But I want us to think about the story of Noah and think about what it tells us about God's providence. You see, God created the world and we know that he's all knowing. He knows everything that was going to happen. And he knew when he created Adam and Eve that it would get to this choke point where he would have to save only eight people because the rest of the world would be wicked. God created the world knowing that it was going to go this way. But he created it even still because of his great love for us. God created the world and it seemed like everything was going wrong. I'm sure that you guys have, have performed an experiment or, or done something before where it, you thought it was going to go one way and it very, very much did not go that way. That's what happened with, with this, except the only difference is that God knew that that was going to happen and he chose to do it even though he knew most people were going to reject him. He did it to save Noah and to save his family, to give a future to the human race. And Noah, we talk about his obedience, but we do it rightly so. But often, obedience to God is not what the world wanted us to do. Obedience to God is often the exact opposite of what the world expects us to do and calls us to do. Obedience to God often means that we're going to have to do something different than everybody else. And we see this in the words that Jesus tells us. Jesus tells us that there's two paths. There's a wide path that's easy and a narrow path that's hard. He tells us that wide, easy path leads to destruction. But that hard, narrow path leads to life. And I, th I think we see that clear principle in this story. Noah chose to take the hard path. The path that led to obedience to God. Because he knew that what God had for him was far better than anything the world could promise him. He knew that when the storms of life came, he would rather have God on his side than the whole world on his side. Because he knew God was the only one who could carry him through the storms. He knew, going back to my, my week recap, he knew that if God was for him, who could stand against him? Now, I think that that's head knowledge that a lot of us as believers have. But do we act on that knowledge? Like, think of a time in your life when God called you to do something that was contrary to what the world would, would expect you to do or would, would ask you to do. How did you react? Did you react by boldly obeying God regardless of how it looked to everybody around you? 
Did you obey God regardless of the consequences? Because brothers and sisters, I want to remind you that we have a God who is our father. We have a God who loves us and who has our best interest at heart in everything that he does. Because what's best for us ultimately brings him the most glory. And, and once again, we talked about this on our goodness episode two weeks ago. When the Bible tells us that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, we have to remember that that does not mean goodness as we would see it. It doesn't mean that everybody who follows God is going to have a successful life and is going to be well-liked and is going to have financial riches. But it does mean that the one who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, who knows everything that's going to happen, who knows exactly what really is good for you, regardless of what you think. He has given you instructions to follow that are best for you. He's given you a life path. He promises to be the light unto your path. So this this world of darkness, this world of darkness that we live in is not, it's not ours to fight alone. God doesn't put us in this world and say, well, best of luck. And if you make it on the other side, then you can be with me. No, he puts us in this world of darkness, but gives us a light. And that light is Jesus. Now, how, how selfish do we have to be to keep that light to ourselves? To, to say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't want to offend anybody around me. I don't want to make people's feathers ruffle. So I'm just going to keep Jesus to myself and let them believe whatever they want to believe. That is not what we are called to do. We are called to take the light that has been entrusted to us and to shine it to as many people as we possibly can. (laughs) Jesus says that when you have a light, you don't put it under a basket. You put it on a table so it illuminates the whole house. And even though it was a very different context when Noah was alive, Christ had not come yet, they did not have the Messiah, Noah took his obedience to God and did not hide it. So what do we do with our obedience? Is our obedience something we do in the closet? Is our obedience something we do when nobody nobody's around so that we don't feel embarrassed? We have a father who loves us. Why should we be embarrassed of that? We should obey him in everything that he calls us to do. And when we have moments of unbelief, we should pray, Father, I believe, help my unbelief. And you see, this is where Christian community comes comes into play. Because that's one thing Noah did not have. There were literally eight people on the earth whom God saved. There were very few people Noah could work with and be strengthened by and go to battle with. But God has given us the church for that very reason. He's given us the church so that we have believers around us who can go to battle with us, who can fight those fights with us. Believers who can come by our side and can strengthen us and lift up our arms in our moments of weakness. So in addition to your obedience, where do you find your godly community? Where is the local church that you have plugged into to get that community That way, when when you feel like God's calling you to do something like Noah, to go off and and build a boat all on your own, you remember that you have a community around you of believers who are going to be there building right next to you. I think this story has so much practical application for us. 
this story has so much for us to learn from in both our personal walk with the Lord and our community walk with the Lord and just everything. We should leave this episode, you should leave this episode, I should leave this episode desiring to obey God more because obeying God is not a, a responsibility that we have that's a burden. Obeying God is a privilege that we have, that we have the creator of the universe has given us a series of instructions on how to live life and what's going to be best for us. Like he loves us. That's amazing news. And I think we see that so clearly on display in this story. But if you read God's word and you're affected by it, but then you leave and don't change anything that you do, then the book of James would say that you're just like a man who looks at the mirror and walks away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Brothers and sisters, let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. Let's take a story like this and allow it to motivate us to obey God because of how much we love Christ. Let's not take a story like this and just say, oh, that's great, and then not change anything that we do. Because this is not a storybook story. This is history that God has given us so that we can learn from the successes and failures of other people. There's lots of failure in this story, but there's one success. That's the man who obeyed God. So in your life today, how can you obey God and find that goodness that he promises? In your life today, what can you do that stands boldly for God in the midst of this world? Let's think about that. And if you don't know, ask God because he will reveal it. He will show you which areas you're not obeying him as much as you could, which areas you can grow in your obedience, and he will give you the strength to do that if you ask for it because he's faithful to fulfill his promises. Man, what a beautiful what a beautiful story this is. It has so much application to our lives. And I'm I'm really glad that we've had the opportunity to dive into it today. So I think Christian did a pretty good job of uh covering most of the things that well, not most of the things. There's so much you can get out of scripture. So, um one thing that I do want to add, just briefly, uh, sort of as we kind of wrap up this episode, is just the beauty of God's Word and how many parallels you can grab from it. Um, I think I'm a little bit hypersensitive to this right now because of, like I said earlier, the going to the beach and grabbing parallels between the beach and the Lord's nature and stuff like that. So I'm like hypersensitive to to parallels that exist around us between nature and, and God's Word and and just kind of different things like that. But one thing I immediately thought of as we were going through this podcast was um, the parallel between the story of Noah and Noah and our lives. So God gave Noah a charge to build the ark. And I mean, there's all sorts of theories behind, you know, how long it took and, uh, like it took, like, I think the main theory is like about a hundred years to build it roughly around there. Uh, and during that time, people speculate, I, I'm not sure if there's a verse behind this that talks about it. I was looking for it a second ago and I didn't find anything concrete in God's words. So I don't want to say anything for sure. But um, in terms of Noah witnessing during the time of building the ark and people mocking him while he was building the ark. Um, and I think those are logical speculations. They're not in God's word. Uh, so we don't want to assume them for sure. But 
we can logically assume that people are walking around in the town and they're seeing Noah build this giant boat when there's no evidence that it's going to rain or that's going to flood or anything like that. So you can logically assume that like people are like, no, what are you doing, bro? Like, come on, like, what is this? You're, you're, you're building a massive project with no use to it whatsoever. So what, what is going on here? And why am I saying that this is a parallel to our own lives? Um, sort of along the lines of what Christian was saying, we can get so much out of the story because God gave Noah a charge and gave him a hope at the end of that. He said, I'm going to save you, but you have to go through this whatever time span of building this ark, of being mocked, of witnessing, whatever it might be. But you have that hope. You have the concrete hope that I'm going to save you afterward. And what a parallel that is to our lives, that through Jesus, we have that concrete hope of salvation at the end of the day. We have that hope that we are completely made whole through the personage of Jesus Christ. But we still have to go through this life. We still have hardships. We have arcs to build in our own lives, metaphorically speaking. God has given each of us such a purpose in this life. And not only do we need to figure out what that purpose is by pursuing him and pursuing the life that he has for us, but once we find out what it is, then we have to work in it. We have to work out our salvation, like Paul puts it in his letters to different churches. And we on this podcast love to dance around the be doing, not dance around, because we don't want to dance around anything in God's word, but uh, we're doers of the word, but our, our faith is not based off works, right? So, but they're, they work in tandem with each other. They're, they're two sides of the same coin, if that makes sense. Um, so once we have that hope in the salvation of Christ, we're not done. That's not it. You know, you don't just say, Lord, I believe in your son. You know, Jesus died on the cross. I'm saved. I'm free from sin now. I'm good to go, got salvation at the end of the road, and then I'm going to go live my life. No, that's not what we're called to. We're called to work out our salvation. And, you know, people, your first reaction to that might be like, oh, great, like more work. <laughs> like, woohoo, like, thanks, thanks for that. But ultimately, the purpose that God has given us is what's best for us. And we know that's what's best for us brings him the most glory. And if what God has defined is what's best for us, and that's a life that we're going to live that's going to have the most joy. So what, what are people looking for in this life? They're looking to be happy, right? They're looking to be joyful. Joy, true joy, only comes from the Lord. And when is he going to give that? When you're delighting in him, when you're working out your salvation with him. And, and this is not above ourselves, obviously. Eph Ephesians 2. But we still were created to do good works. And a tree, a good tree bears good fruit, and you will know a tree by its fruit. And so all of these things work together in the way that God created things. And so what a parallel that we can find between Noah's life and our lives, between that we have hope at the end of the road and we have salvation, but we've got work to do before that. So let's focus on that. Like Christian said, get in prayer about it, get in God's word about it. If you don't know what the Lord has given you purpose in yet, that's okay. Most of us don't at certain points in our lives. But we should always be in the process of pursuing the Lord, pursuing what he has for us, trying to find out the things he wants us to do while trying different things and seeing what the Lord has for us in them. I think this is a huge, huge topic for people that are changing seasons in life, especially because, and the reason I'm thinking about this is because my life is changing seasons pretty dramatically here in the next month. 
as I'm completely done with school, graduated, and now I'm going into the workforce, and just life's going to look really different. So in a sense, my purpose, not my grand purpose, but my, I guess you could say my mini purpose is changing, right? Before I was trying to be a witness at school and being a witness in work could look completely different. I don't know how that's going to look yet. So what I need to be doing and what people need to be doing that are changing seasons as far as my limited experience goes is to just be in constant communication with the Lord about what he wants us to do. And we have so many examples in God's scripture of how we are supposed to be living out our lives. And so let's dig into that and let's try to learn from it. And at the same time, I want to add this little snippet into it all. Let's do it with humility. Let us never become prideful that we're doing the work of the Lord, that we're no, you know, that we're better than anyone else, or we're great Christians because we're working out salvation. No. Every piece of glory in our lives should go immediately back to the Lord. Any crown that you receive, any blessing that you receive from the Lord should go right back to the feet of Jesus. Because ultimately, we have done nothing. Jesus has done everything. So let's make sure that we are not trying in any way to steal any glory from God because we are not worthy of it. And by giving the glory back to him, I think we are going to be much more blessed than if we tried to steal that glory for ourselves. And I don't mean blessed monetarily or blessed with things in this life or blessed materials. There are so many other blessings that are non-tangible things. Um, and a big one that I like to focus on is the peace of the Lord, I think is one of the biggest blessings in this life that we can ever achieve. So um, let's do that together. Let's focus on the Lord together and, and pursue him and everything and, and try to really find out his purpose. So I know that it kind of took the took this in a different direction, purpose and God's will and everything, but there you go. Just Noah's Ark, so everybody knows Noah's Ark story and look how much we can get out of it in just 40 minutes of just messing around and talking about it. So God's word is powerful and, and I'm excited to talk about it all the time. But um, I think we're going to give it up to Christian to close it out. So as, as you guys go off today, we don't want you to leave unchanged. And we don't want you to, to leave changed because of anything that we said or because we had any great words. We want you to leave changed because of God's word. Whenever we interact with God's word, we should not be able to come away looking the same. Because if you read God's word and leave and don't change anything in your life, then what are you even reading his word for? What's the purpose of it if you're not learning from it and changing the way that you act? So let's leave this place, wherever this place may be for you right now, the car, your classroom, your bedroom, mowing yards. <laughs> let's leave this place changed. Let's leave this place with a desire to obey God because we know that's what's best for us. I know that I'm going to do my best. I'm going to pray that God will give me a heart that has changed, that God will, will motivate me to live more boldly for him in my everyday life. And I pray the same for each one of you. So thank you guys so much for coming in today and, and listening to this week's episode. Uh, we have some big changes on the horizon. Living Victory uh, is going to it's going to be shaped a little bit differently moving forward, but we're excited to unpack that for you guys in the coming weeks. And we're excited to see where God takes us. So if you could be praying for us, that God would give us guidance on how we can best use this podcast for his glory. Uh, we would really appreciate that because there's nothing more powerful in this world than prayer. There's no one more powerful in this world than God. So there's nothing more powerful than to ask God for something 
Because Jesus told us if you do not ask, or you do not have because you do not ask. So let's go before God. Let's ask him to use this podcast for his glory, to use our lives for his glory, and ultimately to help us to fall more in love with him every single day. Thank you guys so much for coming to the show and listening. We would not be able to do it without you. If you have any questions or comments or violent objections to this week's show, please email us. You can find us at Max, Jonathan, or Christian at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can also email all three of us at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at livingvictorypodcast. And yeah, I guess those are all the ways. If, if you can't get in communication with us, one of those ways, then um, I don't know. We'll have to figure something else out. But <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you guys are great. And we're so encouraged to have listeners who come back every single week to hear God's word and to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed. Uh, we love you guys and we thank you guys. And as always, love each other and shine your light.